How do you get that up? Push it. Good to see all of you here today. And again, happy Father's Day. All dads here. Chrissy set up my fill-in-the-blank thing, and uh, so I'll have to pay attention to where the blanks are. Got some special guests here today. About uh, 12.45 this morning, I was dropping off a young lady named Kayla, and she's here today. Her and her parents, Deborah, glad to have you. And I, I don't know your name except Dad, so that's a good name for today. It's what? Peter, thank you. I, I can't hear either. That's why I was really glad Jerry did the prayer request. <laughs> uh, the mission and the Messiah. Mission of the Messiah is uh, probably one of my favorite topics. I got to bed at 2, and by 5, my brain was going crazy. I was alert, and I wrote down a whole lot more than I had. I don't know which way the Holy Spirit's going to go with this, but I'm ready whichever way He goes. The Messiah, you start off with that word. It's one of those church words, Messiah. Uh, that's Hebrew. It has a Greek word that goes right along with it, Christ. Like saying the same thing. In a different language. Oh, yeah, it is. Christ is Greek. Messiah is Hebrew. They both mean anointed one. And in the Jewish religion, there were three that were anointed. Prophets, priests, and kings. And Jesus happened to be all three. In one package. Not to mention that He was God, so we won't... The anointed one. In Deuteronomy eighteen nineteen, Moses was told, There will be a prophet raised up after you from your own people, and he'll be speaking in my name, and whoever don't listen to him is toast. That's the David paraphrase. Got a major problem, you don't listen to him. Priest. Hebrews three through five, he's our great high priest. All three chapters, our great high priest. And we can go before him and confess our sins. And he is our intercessor. But he was also the sacrifice. Interesting, isn't it? And king. Not just any old king, but according to Revelation 19.16, king of kings and lord of lords. And in case we didn't believe it, it was on his robe as he rode the white horse. 
King of kings and Lord of lords. Pilate talked to him about his kingdom. And in John 18, 36 and 37, he looked at him and he said, You say I'm a king. You, you say this uh, because that's what you think or because someone's told you that. Pilate really didn't know how to handle Jesus. He had already been beaten senseless. And there he stands before him. Just as cool as a cucumber. And Pilate was going to offer freedom to him. And Jesus wouldn't cooperate. You say correctly that I am a king. But my kingdom is not of this realm. My kingdom is not of this world. It's for this reason that I've come. And he was talking about being suspended on a Roman cross. And that's how he would celebrate his kingship. But had he not done that, the rule would have never taken place. My objective is to encourage my audience by the love of their God. We have a God who loves us so much. We have a God who loves us so much. Man has done so much to soil his reputation as they create their own gods. But the real description of God is one who gave. And he gave his life away. We serve a living and loving Savior. We serve a loving Savior. And what a pattern for us on Father's Day as we pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our Father. Happened to be His Father too. Happened to be Him too. Weird. So our text presents three facts about His mission which we need to understand and then share with a lost and dying world. Those of us who are Christian and keep a lid on it, they have no clue. They can't know unless we tell them. And we really are, for so many people, the only Jesus they see. We're it. In all of our (laughs) not-so-much glory, (laughs) in all of our weakness and imperfection, that's what they see. So we've got to put our best foot forward all the time. Well, the mission of the Messiah. The first fact about His mission, which we need to understand and share with the lost and dying world, is that His mission centered around His death. His mission centered around His death and resurrection. Can't just leave Him in the grave. But it started there. John twelve twenty seven. John twelve twenty seven. Interesting words. Now my soul has become troubled, Jesus prays, and shares with a whole group of people. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify thy name. There came therefore a voice out of heaven. 
I both glorified it and will glorify it again. We'll finish that thought in a minute. It's centered around His death. It's for this purpose I came into this world. So many people try to teach that He had a failed rebellion. And as a failed rebel, He was crucified. And then they elevated Him to God. <clears throat> Wrong. He came as God. Emptied Himself of His deity. Took on the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of man. He was humbled to the point of death, even death on a cross. So that God exalted Him to the name which is above all names. That the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. I didn't create that. I just remember that out of Hebrew, or Philippians chapter 2. We get testimony after testimony after testimony in both Old and New Testament. Jesus came to die. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't a failure. <laughs> That's how He got His victory. We'll see that in a minute. His mission centered around His death. No death, you know what? <laughs> no salvation for us. We go to hell. Period. One sin takes us there. Anybody done one of those today? This week, oh yeah, it's a brand new week. Some of us might be perfect right now. Woo. Don't hold your breath. It's not going to last. Centered around His death and resurrection in spite of misunderstanding. In spite of misunderstanding. 1 Corinthians fifteen twelve to 19 1 Corinthians 15 is the resurrection chapter. People ask you about the resurrection Turn to 1 Corinthians 15. You get a lot of talk about it. Now, if Christ has preached that He's been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there's no resurrection of the dead? There's people still saying that. They marched them in front of us every Easter and every Christmas. That it was Paul and his ilk that made him the Son of God. He never proclaimed to be the Son of God. Oh, yes, he did. Time after time after time. And they killed him for it. That was the big thing, you know. Blasphemy! And the Romans looked at him and said, uh, So? But when he made himself out to be a king, then Pilate had to kill him because there can only be one king, and that's Caesar. It had to be guised, disguised, made up to be a political insurrection. Guys like Bart Ehrman, which I like to call Bart Ehrhead, nice professor of theology at Chapel Hill in North Carolina, You'd think it was Chapel Cemetery the way he tries to kill it. Chapel Hill. Misnomer for that boy. Jesus, he will keep telling us over and over and over and over again. Never proclaimed to be God. Never proclaimed to be anything. He was just killed for being misunderstood. Political insurrectionist that he was. I buy Bart's books so I can find out what the enemy thinks. I get angry every now and then, but then I finish. Waste of such a good mind on such a dribble. Now, if Christ has preached that He's been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there's no resurrection of the dead? But if there's no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. If Christ has been raised, 
then our, if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is vain, your faith also is vain. Moreover, we are found to be false witnesses of God because we witnessed against God that He raised Christ from the dead if indeed the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You're still in your sins. If there is no resurrection, let's go do something else. We're wasting our time this Sunday, every Sunday. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. You won't see anybody. And if we've hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men among most to be pitied. Christians. A militant evolutionist, Richard Dawkins, I always thought he was the guy that uh, played on Hogan's Heroes and then did Family Feud, but Richard Dawkins is a very militant evolutionist, dying of cancer. And he proclaims that Christianity is one of the most evils, one of the worst evils ever foisted upon mankind. And he really what he wants is for those of us who teach Jesus Christ to our children to be <clears throat> arrested for child abuse. That's what he wants. He's written it. Speaks about it. He's going to have a big surprise. It's interesting to find out these things. The misunderstandings are so many. But this video will put it into perspective. Thank you. 
you've got a filter on that uh, it wouldn't show the passion of the Christ because as he's saying it went to the passion of the Christ and showed Jesus getting the beating of a lifetime 
and being hung on a cross and the blood is everywhere. So if you got a filter on that, it would take it out. And that was mild. The Passion of the Christ. How many of you ever saw that movie? That was a, that was a tearjerker. And I'll tell you, they watered it down. They could not show a real crucifixion and keep an R rating. Couldn't do it. Because the Romans weren't just about pain, they were about embarrassment. So they stripped them. And they put the cross about eye level so they could make fun of. That's why he was able to be spit on all the time. Because he was right there. In his own people that he died to save, that he chose, would walk by wagging their heads, making fun of him because they didn't understand. But it had to happen. It had to happen. Some scriptures you might want to write down, look at later. The center of scripture itself, I think, is Romans three twenty-one to 26. Romans 3, 21 to 26. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there's no distinction for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Being justified as a gift by His grace through redemption, which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed as a wrath target, a propitiation in His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness because of the passing over of the sins previously committed in the forbearance of God for the demonstration of His righteousness at the present time that He might be both just and justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. He was just and demanded Demanded absolute righteousness and they became justifier by becoming that sacrifice because not one of us could ever live up to it. And he made the way. What's John 3.16 say? For God so loved the church that he gave his only begotten son. Isn't that what it says? God so loved the world. But we're told right away by Jesus when he talks about two ways. One's narrow, one's wide. The gate. One's, one's narrow, one's wide. One leads to eternal life. How many find it? Few. What's that tell you right away? <laughs> We're a minority. We'll always be a minority. We'll work and we'll, we'll never give up. We'll always keep on representing Jesus Christ to anybody and everybody, whether they understand what we're doing or not. But few will find it. Broad is the road that leads to destruction. How many find that? Many. So you already have the tables <laughs> tilted. And, and when Jesus makes a statement, how many times is he wrong? Uh, he's not wrong about that one either. So we can either give up and say, oh, what's that matter? Or we can realize we're doing good for some people. And we'll just keep on.
They told a story one time of the guy walking along the beach, picking up starfish and throwing them back into the ocean. You heard this one? Another one walks up to him because there's so many washed up every day. He said, you throwing those few back, what difference does that make? And he picked one up and he said, what makes a difference to this one? Makes a difference to this one. And that's what we're, that's what we're up against. We might not get a whole lot, but it makes a difference to those that He's reaching through us if we will allow ourselves to be used to reach out. 1 Corinthians 2.8 We're not going to get very far. I can already sense it. 1 Corinthians 2.8 The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age, talking about the devil and his little demon friends. We speak God's wisdom in a mystery, he says in verse 7. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. About Jesus coming to the earth and dying. Wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. Satan would not have purposely done the thing that was going to take away all his power, but he did. He killed Jesus. And then he rose three days later and stripped that boy of everything he had. No power left. Not over us. In Jesus Christ. Not over us. Over everybody else, yes. Acts 17.31 He was on Mars Hill in Athens. He was talking about the fact that God proved that Jesus was God's Son By raising Him from the dead. And that He will judge everybody. goes right along with John 5. Jesus is the judge, not the Father. But this has been around a long time. Genesis 3. Now they talk about Christianity being a young age. It started in the Garden of Eden. Genesis 3.15. Talking to the devil in the snake's body. You will bruise him on the heel. He will bruise you on the head. He's going to stomp your head, Satan. He's going to take you out. And he did. And he called it, even in in Genesis 3.15, you can look it up, seed of woman. Why? Because there wasn't a man involved. (laughs) How did he get that right so early? Such a young religion. Yeah, right. 10,000 B.C. Fairly young religion. Garden of Eden. Now you can go to the zoo and they'll tell you it's millions and millions and millions of years old. Because they were there. No. It takes this long for a dinosaur to come out of the ooze. And it takes this much longer for us to then come out of the dinosaur. Here we are. James loves to go to the dinosaurs. I love the fact that he's a Texan. Texas has one of these riverbeds, north central Texas, that has dinosaur footprint and man footprint at the same riverbed. Still, it's called Dinosaur Park even. But they won't show you the footprints. I had a professor at Ozark who cut one of those out. Brought it to his room in Joplin, Missouri. 
They keep telling us, you know, man and dinosaur didn't live together. They forgot to tell the Texans. Crazy river. There's a lot of things that's going on in his life. A lot of people think it's about him coming and showing us how to live. Nope. What he did was show us how to die. He showed us how to sacrifice ourselves. And it isn't interesting that he gives me this sermon on Father's Day. Because dear old dads, that's the way we become dear old dads. Is by giving up our life for our kids. And you got to give it up for your wife first before you ever give it up for your kids. You realize the best thing you can do for your kids is love your wife? You realize that? I deal with so many broken kids, even now. Even now. Absent dads, what a curse in this country. But we brag about it as if it's some kind of a medal. And they think we're crazy. Sorry. He talks about things that are so specific. Do you realize that Genesis 3.15, how accurate he was, the seed of woman? Where's the man? He didn't get to participate. He is very specific. You realize in 1000 B.C., we knew that the shape of the whole world thing was a circuit, a circuit. You, what, what word comes to mind when I say circuit? What shape? It isn't a square and it isn't a flat table. It's a circle. No kidding. Wait, how do you know that? 60 A.D. The writer of Hebrews tells us it's a great passage of Scripture. Hebrews 11.3 That things that are visible were made out of things that are invisible. <clears throat> Did they, what, discover the electron microscope then? 60 A.D., right? No. It had to go into the thousands before an electron microscope was discovered. So... How did the writer of Hebrews know that the stuff that we see is made out of stuff we can't see? How did he figure that out? Bible's very accurate. Bible's very accurate. Unless you're Bart. Matthew one twenty one. Going to bring us into the centered around his intent, not just centered around his death. Centered around his death and resurrection in spite of misunderstandings. Jesus didn't ask anybody's permission or needed to get anybody's understanding to be who he was. Weird. Didn't take a poll. How do you feel about this? He didn't really care. He just told us this is the way it is. Centered around his intent. Fathers... Learn from your heavenly Father. His intent was to sacrifice and to save. That was his intent. His intent was to sacrifice and to save. 
Mark 10, 32-45. Mark 10. Just a few chapters from where we are. Mark 10, 32-45. And they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking on ahead of them. And they were amazed. And those who followed were fearful, because they had already threatened Him with death. And again He took the twelve aside and began to tell them what was going to happen to Him. Saying, Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and the scribes, and they'll condemn Him to death, and will deliver Him to the Gentiles, and they'll mock Him and spit on Him and scourge Him and kill Him. And three days later, He'll rise again. James and John, the two sons of Zebedee, came up. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said, what do you want me to do? They said, grant that we may sit in your glory on your right and your left. He said, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Be baptized with the baptism with which I'm baptized? Talking about death. Talking about sacrifice. They said, yep, we are. We're able. Jesus said to them, uh, the cup you will drink. And you'll be baptized with the baptism with which I'm baptized. But to sit on my right and my left, it's not mine to give for those for whom it's been prepared. Hearing this, the ten became indignant with James and John, called them to himself, and said, You know, those recognized as rulers, they lorded over in the Gentile race. These great men that exercise authority over them, but it's not so among you. Whoever wishes to become great among you will be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first will be last. For even the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. That's why He came. That's why He came. You want to lead? Serve. You want to give orders? You'll lose respect right away. Do you ever notice how that works? Jesus came. And He came as both just and justifier. He came as God Almighty. Matthew one twenty three, His name will be called Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Well, who does He think He is? Oh yeah, God. No way. Yeah, yeah, he does. He thinks he's God. Matthew one twenty one. Birth. You know babies have so much to do with their birth. You're going to call him Jesus because it is he who will save his people from their sins. How do you do that? Only one way. He died. Jesus means Jehovah saves. I am saves. And that's pretty cool because in John 8:58 he said before Abraham was born I am. He he claimed the name. Before Abraham was born I am and, and we know that the Jews understood because in John 8:59 they picked up stones to give him a rock concert. They were going to stone him to death because he made himself out to be God. Well, God can do that. He's cuz he's God. That memorial name, when he claimed, I am, that, is, that was his name. In, in Exodus chapter 3, 14 and 15, when Moses was given excuses, God says to him, you tell him I am sent you. And that's my memorial name unto all generations. Anybody still alive in here? Okay. It's still working today. I am. 
Jehovah in your Bibles, or Yahweh, or in the New Translations, they capitalize in the Old Testament, L-O-R-D. Every time you see that in your Bible, that's Jehovah. That's I am. Every time. Every time. And He appears all the time in your Old Testament. Isn't it great He appeared in the New Testament as well? As Savior, as God. John 1.18 No man has seen God at any time. Now again, Jesus says this. What are these chances that He's wrong? Oh yeah, He probably can't be wrong. He's God. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who's in the bosom of the Father, He has explained Him. I wonder who that is. Oh yeah, that's Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Now how can you do that? Now you guys are with each other, but you're definitely not each other. My son's here today. And he's not me. And he's glad. He's glad. Our Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. When's the last time you used that name in vain? Whether it's Jesus Christ or God Almighty. When's the last time? Interesting how it just flows off our lips, isn't it? wonder why we don't say Allah. Because He's not God. We're not tempted to. We're tempted to say God. That's what we're tempted to say. Isn't it interesting we don't say Hare Krishna? Muhammad. We, we just not, we're not tempted to say any of that stuff. Is it because we don't know they exist? No. It's because they're not God. And we aren't cursing when we say that. It, but we are when we take God's name in vain. Interesting, isn't it? It centers around His power. I want to read this text to you. I've skirted around it the whole time. Get in your Bibles, and we will actually read our text. Mark eight thirty one through nine one, and you'll know why I'm talking to you the way I am today. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days rise again, he was stating the matter plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. And turning around and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. Uh, those aren't terms of endearment. Get behind me, Satan. For Peter? Yeah. Because at that point, that's who he was. You're not setting your mind on the things of God, but of man. You see, they thought, if we could just keep this guy alive, we'll have all of our problems solved. No, he needed to die if you wanted all your problems solved. They didn't get that. He couldn't reign until he lost. They didn't get that. I'm going to rise three days later. They didn't get that. But don't be too hard on them. We wouldn't have gotten it either. 
<laughs> Some of us still don't get it. It centers around his power. and The power was unleashed when he lost. Boy, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that was one reverse that the devil was never looking for. And it got him. Centers around his power. Well, he saw Peter. Get behind me, Satan, for you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but of man. And summoned the multitude and his disciples. Said to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Those are friendly words. That's the way to win friends and influence people. That's seeker friendly, isn't it? Die to yourself. Christianity is not supposed to be easy. And when we're being Christian, it's not easy. Because you don't feel like it. You don't want to be. I can guarantee you at 2 a.m. I didn't want it. But by 5 a.m., my mind was going crazy. And I was up. I didn't do that. I was voting for sleep. That was my vote. He don't go by our vote. You know, when I came here, I am here because I got fired from the job I love. My congregation wears black and red. Not to mention, they also ride motorcycles and come in drunk. That's who I'm with now. And I can fight that, or I can say, Okay, God, I got you. And we just go with it. Had I not done I couldn't have been with you. I joined last week. I preached this week. It's not bad. <laughs> and my wife becomes the janitor on Saturday. Cool. Yeah, that's like more dollars. Yeah. Who would have ever designed their 60th year to go into a brand new career? Me. No, I didn't design it, but that's exactly the way it went. Who would have went for a a pay cut to where you're only making a third of what you did? And be thankful. I can only be thankful because I'm not in charge. I'm along for the ride. That's what he wants to do. I'm going to go with it. He's a little smarter than I am. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. The center's around his power. We are no ordinary kingdom. We are no ordinary people. That's what he's talking about here. He summoned the multitude and his disciples and says to them, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake and gospels will save it. <laughs> you want to waste your time living for this world? Good luck, because that's all you got. When you die, you're not going to wake up in the place you were kind of hoping for. If this is all you're hoping for. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Oh, Jesus quit preaching went to meddling. 
You get in trouble like that all the time. What shall a man give in exchange for a soul? What's your soul worth? Man, I want to be a millionaire. The way I got it figured, if we're walking on streets of gold, gold's kind of like concrete in heaven. It's not, you know, we just don't take pieces of tar and concrete and put them on our shelf. Oh, isn't that pretty? That's what the gold is up there. It's building material. Two by fours and stuff. Can you imagine how really cool that's going to be? It's beyond our imagination. It's beyond our... And we want to waste our time down here? I don't think so. We don't belong here. We're just passing through. We're just passing through. It's easy for me to say because I move a lot. (laughs) I don't even have my own home now. Not that I ever did. Except real young in life. We lived in other people's homes. They were called parsonages. And now we live with my in-laws. Still don't own my own home. Interesting, isn't it? It's not really hard for me to give anything up because I don't have anything. (laughs) For those who have, it's really hard. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. wonder why that is. Because they're dependent on this, not him. They think their happiness comes from this, not him. We were such a spiritual nation in the 20s. That's why people were jumping out windows when they lost their money. Because they were so spiritual. No, they weren't. They were materialistic to the core. They thought they lost it all. Out the window they jumped. And at that point they did lose it all. No chance to repent. Interesting, isn't it? We are no ordinary kingdom. We are no ordinary people. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses life for my sake and the gospels will save it. What does a prophet of man gain the whole world and profit a soul? What will a man give in exchange for a soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. And he was saying to them, Truly I say to you, there are some who are standing here who shall not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. And on the day of Pentecost, all the disciples were alive except Judas. And they got to see the church in all of its power on the day of Pentecost launch through their mouth. They were speaking all kinds of languages. People were hearing them in their own native language. These are uneducated people. How'd they get that? And of course, the Jews who couldn't speak anything but Hebrew, they were saying they were drunk. Peter stands up. You know, the guy they called, Jesus called Satan just a little bit ago. Stands up with the eleven and he starts proclaiming. This Jesus, this Jesus, whom you crucified, uh, he just really happened to be God. So he happened to be God. You just killed God. They believed it. And in Acts 2, they're crying out, Men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? And he said, Lay your hand on the TV and pray. Remember that one? That's That's a good verse. Everybody quotes that today. 
Repent. You got to change. Oh, no. Unfighting words. I don't want change. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that's what you got to do. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you. I wonder how many that is. Oh, that's everybody, isn't it? In the name of Jesus Christ, who happens to also have a name of I Am, you pick it. In the name of Jesus Christ, for two reasons. For forgiveness of sins and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is unless Peter was wrong. And this promise is to you and your children and all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call unto Himself. That's called a universal promise. Yeah. I didn't make it up. All I got to do is read it. But you know, the majority of Christianity don't even believe that. I wonder how that happened. Coincidence, huh? We have an enemy who wants the church totally, totally irrelevant. You know what we've become in the United States of America? <laughs> totally irrelevant. Would they know if we shut our doors today? Would they know if we stopped being a Christian today? Would there be any change in us if we stopped being a Christian today? No ordinary people. No ordinary kingdom. We're going to close with a couple scriptures. Matthew 16, 17 to 19. Here's Peter again. In 16, Peter answers, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, or Simon, son of John, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you're Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. Not Peter, the statement. You are Jesus. You are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. Upon this rock, I will build my church of who Jesus is. He is not one of a smorgasbord of choices. He's the only choice out there. If you don't believe it, read 1 Corinthians 10. Every other God is a demon. Boy, them's fighting words. 1 Corinthians 10. Flee idolatry. It starts in verse 18 and then it goes on. By the time he's done, he said, you can't worship at the table of demons and the table of the Lord. You can't have two gods. Jesus don't want this. He don't like this number. He wants this one. And that's the only one that works. And if he's not this in our life, <laughs> we got some work to do. We got some prioritizing to do. We got some repenting to do. We got some changing to do. We're ordinary people. Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades, hell shall not overcome it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. He warned disciples, tell no one he was the Christ, because he wanted to live a while longer. Now he wants everyone to know, so don't not tell him anymore. 
24 to 28, in the same 16th chapter of Matthew. Jesus says to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take his cross, and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What will a man be profited if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and will then, the Son of Man, Jesus, will recompense every man according to his doing. See, he's the judge. We'll close with Hebrews 12, 25 to 29. You are a part of the kingdom of God. You're not waiting for it to come. You're not waiting for Him to take over. You're not waiting for Him to rule. He may be waiting for you to serve. He may be waiting for you to be subject to His reign. Uh, but he's already on the throne and he's not asking anybody's permission, especially the devil, if it's okay if he starts now. Because he took the devil out on the cross, which put him in the ground. And three days later, Satan became the big loser. And there's nothing he can do about it. So that's why he's ticked. Read Revelation 12. He's angry with us. And he'll pull as many of us down as he can. Hebrews 12:25. See to it, you do not refuse him who's speaking. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, Moses, much less shall we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven, Jesus. Don't turn away from him. Don't pretend like he hadn't said anything. Stop listening to the Bart airheads of the world. There are a dime a dozen. And they'll act like they know. And they got DD and LDD and... Ph.D. and a lot of D's after their name don't mean a thing. His voice shook the earth then, but now he's promised, saying, Yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. And this expression, once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken. I mean, he's going to melt the universe. <laughs> As of created things, in order that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom otherwise known as the church, which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. He's looking for service. He's looking for service. Anything that we do for Him, anything we do for each other, we do for Him. Anything we do for the world, we do for Him. It's almost like He's our life. Oh, good point. He is. Because without Him... We have no life, even while we're alive. There was once a little film called Dead Man Walking, I believe. Boy, they borrowed that. The church has been dead man walking for a long time. But a lot of times we want to get back and live again. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, the resurrection chapter, I die daily. Amy Grant saying, killing my old man. And she was a girl. Because that old man of sin wakes up every day. And if we don't put him down, he rules. But it's Jesus Christ who lives in us. It's not I who live. But Christ lives in me. Praise the Lord, we've got the answer. Let's share it. Let's live it. Let's pretend like we got an answer. And then, oh yeah, let's just stop pretending 
and start living. If you have a decision to make for Jesus, it's probably time we do that. Let's be standing and we're going to sing a song. What is it?